my whole thing is like I, I community is so important and I think we in this day and age like we devalue community it's a little bit more of a buzzword but we don't really lean into the community we don't really know our neighbors around us right we don't choose to interact with strangers on the street and so I think a lot of my page and a lot of what I'm kind of next phase I'm in and what I'm trying to do is is really challenge us to see each other as extensions of ourselves right and see each other as friends and community members and neighbors whether it's a literal neighbor or your larger figurative neighbor Welcome to For the Long Run, the podcast exploring the why behind what keeps runners running long, strong, and motivated. I'm your host, Jonathan Levitt. Through personal and professional connections in the running world, I have the privilege of getting to know some amazing athletes. I've always been fascinated by the psychological aspect of running, and this podcast is aimed at exploring this and much more. I hope you enjoy. Have you guys heard of Beam? I have been absolutely loving their products lately. Beam is a CBD company that's making waves in the running world by offering products that combine THC-free CBD with other high-quality ingredients. It was founded by two ex-professional athletes with the idea that everyone should have the chance to experience what better feels like. Whether you're sore or stressed, Beam is key for recovery and self-care. Try it for yourself with 15% off using the code FTLR from beamtlc.com. I recommend Beam Dream Powder or the focus capsules. And welcome back. I have Aaron Bailey joining me on the podcast today. Aaron, thanks so much for taking some time to chat. Aaron's dancing right now. You guys can't see her, but <laughs> <laughs> I can. The energy, you can feel it. I'm pumped. Big fun. Love it. Big Friday energy incoming here. It's exactly how I want to end my Friday. Work Friday. Yes. Um, so before we dive too far into it, uh, who is Aaron? Oh, man. Um, starting with the big questions, Hard Jonathan. hitting. Hard hitting. Hard hitting. Who is Aaron? Um, cool. Okay, let's start with the basics. Uh, I'm a marketer, which is fun. So I work for Beam, which is a startup um, who we get to work with you with. Lucky us. And, um, that's super fun. It's a small team. So it's, it's, um, work, life, play, all of that rolls into beam, which is cool. So, um, I'm a marketer. Um, I'm a runner, fitness enthusiast. Uh, I'm a coach, mostly more fitness, uh, training, a little bit of running. Um, I am a writer. It's a big part of my identity. I'm leaning into right now, writing my first book, which is very exciting. Um, yeah. We'll start there. And, I'm and a proud a cat, daughter and sister. And a, we'll say that. Cat mom. And a cat mom. <laughs> can you hear? Can you already hear Mr. Lucas? Just a little bit. Okay. Okay. Well, we've had a, a excited on Fridays too. We've had a stretch of uh, of cat pawints for the last couple of episodes. So um, it's it's it. a commonality apparently. Um, I love it. So, so we've known each other for, I don't know, a year or so now. And you've got quite a backstory um, in the fitness industry and a big, big change over the last couple of years that I don't really know much about. So I kind of want to kind of want to dig into that um, to set this, set the stage a little bit. So how did you get into, um, how did you get into fitness? First of all? Yeah. So I grew up as like, I played tennis, I ran track, I played soccer, right? I was a pretty athletic, but I was never, people were never super, like Aaron's not going to college for sports, right? It was never going there as much as I wanted it to. So I always grew up pretty active. Um, didn't take it too seriously. And then I guess when I moved to, so I moved to Boston after school 
And it just became, I just was in a couple jobs I just didn't love. And it became my favorite hour of the day going to the gym. And I remember I, I had worked out this, this deal, um, with Equinox and I actually had a free membership to Equinox, which was in my building. Um, the unglamorous part was I was the run handwriting the thank you notes. If anyone joins Equinox, they get a handwritten thank you note. And I was writing like hundreds of handwritten thank you notes to the new members. And that's how I got my free membership worth it. Um, so anyways, I remember going to the gym and there's like a pretty classic, like women's section of the gym that was like cardio and then like men's section of the gym that was like heavy lifting. And that just like really irritated me. And I hated that. I felt so intimidated by like the weight section. So in very classic Aaron fashion, um, I then decided to get my personal training certification. Cause I was like, not only do I want to like know how to lift and learn how to lift, but like, I want to be able to potentially empower maybe another female to lift as well. Had no intention of actually ever training anybody. Um, I really just wanted to like know it on a more personal level. So I'm going through the, the process to get my NASM certification, ended up hiring a trainer who ended up more being my mentor through it. So we, we'd go through sessions together and he would be like, right, what are your primary muscles working secondary muscles? And that was a really cool way to learn about my body from actually doing it and getting some mentorship through it. So in that, again, no intention of ever teaching anybody and, um, pivoted to a new job, um, that was at Withings. So it was like a health tech company. So that now was in my realm. I was enjoying what I was doing. And there was a group of us that would go to the gym together every day at lunch. And, um, you know, pretty soon it was like, I, I had my leg day I would do. And some of the men wanted to join my leg day. Cause it was like a classic men don't train legs. Right. So a couple of the men joined and then the women were like wanting to get in on it too. So it turned into like every Tuesday, we called it like team leg day. And I would teach this like leg based workout. We take over one of the rooms and it became this really cool camaraderie, um, moment. And we'd all do this like workout together. Um, so it was basically my first time teaching group fitness without me realizing I was teaching group fitness. And, um, there was a man named Tim who, uh, runs a company in Boston who basically brings in different trainers, um, and professionals into like apartment buildings that have gyms. Um, so he saw me teaching and he was like, do you teach group fitness? And I was like, no, he's interested. And I said, yes. And then he taught me how to te teach a group fitness class. And then from there, things, a few other things spiraled where I got some other opportunities, but that's kind of how I got into like group fitness, which was my main kind of arena. Um, teaching at a few of the local, you know, Boston gyms. So I was teaching boxing. I was teaching like road classes, um, doing a lot of running, a ton of strength training and, um, loved it. Never wanted to be full time, but just like loved the energy of it, loved the community of it. And then it opened up other doors. Um, I was working at ASICS beforehand and, um, doing some cool things there we can get into, but that's kind of my, you know, long, short story of how I kind of fell into it kind of happened to me but it's been it's been a joy cool and then what happened next so um so I guess I was teaching for a little bit and then I I was like how do I sum this part up right um I love the energy of a classroom I started to get to the point where I didn't love teaching as much and I realized I very much felt like a glorified cheerleader more than anything and that's kind of where some of the downfalls of the, the boutique, I think, studio space got to. Um, certainly not the case for everybody, but part of it too was like, I just don't, I don't love science. I don't have a strong science background. So like geeking out on the anatomy of the body and how the body works, which is what like a great trainer should be. I didn't have that. So I was like leaning much more into like just the motivational side and um, didn't love some of the practices that happen in the fitness industry and some of the exclusivity that happens in it. And so I ended up quitting teaching, um, pretty much when I joined beam 
for some of those reasons, I didn't love it as much. And then also being, I mean, you know, startup life just kind of takes over. So it became more of a stressor to me than something that was fun. And then the great thing was when I started Beam, I quit teaching in a profiting me way. And I started teaching at a nonprofit gym. Um, that was, a uh, the women's health center down in, in Dorchester in Boston. So totally nonprofit gym. I donated my time and I got to teach women that were so proud to be there. And that became like a, then it became like joyous again, right? Where they would be like so excited to like learn a new movement in class and then talk about it after class and how could they fit it into their new routine or, um, you know, they, they'd share how many times they've been to the gym that week because that was such like a privilege for them, you know? And so I got to like target a different group of humans that really more needed my coaching abilities rather than like was a glorified I keep saying that, but that's very much the, the mentality for me. So unfortunately when COVID hit, that wasn't something I could obviously do anymore, but, um, but that was, you know, something that lit me up a little bit more than, than what I had been doing. So it's also more fun. I mean, sometimes it's more fun to do the thing than coach the thing. Right. So I still have some coaching programs out there. I still do some work run keeper in the A6 team and they're amazing. Um, but sometimes I just want to be the, I hired my own coach. Right. And so it's fun to be the, be the student sometimes. Uh, Mary Johnson is your coach and Mary has been a guest <laughs> on this podcast and that was a fantastic episode and as she talked about in that in that episode um, she follows different seasons of life and so it's like you're giving the example of different seasons of life not applied to running but mm. applied to applied to life I guess um, but yeah. yes that was a and she's phenomenal I was yes like, I'm glad you plugged her because I've been working with her now I've worked with a few different coaches um, and I've worked with her. I just wanted to try a new style and um, probably been like, what, six weeks, two months now. And it's been amazing. I mean, like amazing. So that's been really fun. And have you run your, uh, have you picked a time for your big, uh, big 10K goal? No. Okay. So what Jonathan is talking about is um, when I didn't have a coach, I, I have a Garmin. And you know how Garmin has those like preloaded programs in there? And there's like a few different mm -hmm. coaches you can pick from. So I wanted to try something new. And so I was doing a 10K program on there. And um, so I had a, like a sub 50 10K goal, which was pretty fast for me. And um, I was going through the program and Jonathan and I had actually bumped into each other on one of my runs. And the, I ended up stopping doing the program and hiring Mary specifically because the whole program was like I was doing – 800s. A lot of 800s. <laughs> it was like an unbelievable amount of 800s, which I'm very good at now. I could run 800s actually all day long. Um, but the cool thing is I actually paused on the program. This is one of the reasons I hired Mary was because like running for me was always like me chasing a goal, right? I'd be like, I'm going to run this marathon or run this half or get this time or whatever. And I had never really just run to run. And I'd be chasing a goal and then I'd hit the goal and then I'd be like, what now? And I'd stop running or I wouldn't enjoy it anymore. I could have been burnt out. And so hiring Mary was really more about like, I just want to like get the basics back down again. Right. I want to build some consistency. I want to feel like a strong runner again. Cause I don't feel that way. Um, and so it's been nice. I get this question a lot, like, what are you training for? And I was like, I'm actually not training for anything. And that feels really, really good because it's just fun to, run, you know, and I'm, I'm progressing faster because I don't have that pressure of failing or succeeding in a run, right? It's just, it's just a run. I love that. One of the things that I talk about a lot on the podcast is this, um, goal, goal oriented versus process oriented approach. And you outlined exactly the, the downside of the goal oriented approach, which is like the goalposts are tangible. Mm -hmm. And once you hit it or once you pass it, then what? And, and for some, like that's the, 
that's the motivation you need to get out the door every day. But again, it's like what happens when you hit it. Um, mm-hmm. I was chasing a sub three marathon for four years before I hit it. And when I hit it, I didn't care about the time. Like I cared about the time, but it wasn't, it wasn't the end yeah. all be all. Like I showed up on the start yeah. line. I was like, if there's a two on the clock, great. If there's a three on the clock, great. If there's a four on the clock, great. I'm just happy to be mm-hmm. here and I'm happy to be healthy and celebrating the last, you know, 2000 miles that, that got me here. And it was super hard to get to that. Uh, but I, but I think hiring a coach who had a different methodology was the way I got there. And now like, mm-hmm. like I haven't had a goal on the calendar for, for years. And in 2019, when I ran that marathon, I signed up for it six weeks in advance and, and PR'd by 20 minutes. And wow. The, wow. Yeah. But like the ability to just like put in the work is fantastic. And, and it's just like a different feeling yeah. versus chasing a time or a clock or a thing on your watch or whatever, you know, yeah. 10 by 800s, um, which definitely <laughs> literally my workouts <laughs> definitely helps. <laughs> um, but, um, totally. Yeah. I, th- I think that's awesome. So in order to get there, was that, was that a tangible decision that you chose or, or has that sort of evolved as you've been working with Mary for the last couple of weeks? Like, did you, did you want that? Did you want to shift away from the sub 50, 10 K and yeah. goal, 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 um, goal? Yeah. I think I, I think part of me, a little bit about, I think part of me knew that I just should. And I think the other part, which is what, you know, the, the, the quarantine life and pandemic life was like brought up for me is that um, like, there's just so much stress going on, right? There's like stress in work for being at a startup. There's stress in the world because we're living in a pandemic. And then it was like to add this additional stress of a time goal, like it just didn't feel good, you know? And, and I'd been doing it. And actually when I start, when the, when the pandemic started, I was already working on this half marathon goal that I ended up doing during the pandemic. And so I think I just realized like, I don't need another thing that's going to stress me out on this. Like, let's just do something that, that feels enjoyable. And, and, and that was kind of what I was working with on Mary. And to be honest, like, it's just a very unerrant thing to do. Like when I dive in, I like to dive in and I like to make a big statement and I'll share it on social and it's going to be like, here's my thing I'm working towards. And I do it all the time. And, um, and it's good for accountability, but at the same time, it's like, I, I don't want to, I want to try something different that I haven't, I haven't done it this way before. So, um, so far so good. Cool. It's so, it's so cool. Cause, um, I've, I've gone so far that way also. And mm. then I've gone so far the other way and I'm like, like getting back to some sort of balance in between where like, I've set a goal for myself for the Boston marathon. Mm. Um, and for this year? Maybe I just got a bib today. Woo! Um, a friend. Wait, do you want to do you want to share the goal, Jonathan, or are you going to keep that one to yourself? Yeah, I'll share the goal. So, um, so a friend was looking for. So it's a charity bib. Um, cool. And a friend was looking for somebody who qualified but didn't get in due to mm. the time. And so I ran two fifty nine forty, and I needed to run fifty seconds faster in order to get in. Oh, and so my goal is two forty nine. Cut off, cut off another ten minutes, which is currently a faster pace than my half PR. So, 
goodness. We'll see how that goes. I love that for you. Six six twenty nine. I love that for you. Six, um, oh my gosh, when you always break it down like that, that's so fast. Six twenty nine. That's what I'm saying. That's so fast. Oh my gosh, I love that for you though. But it's like you'll be coming back to Boston. I feel like you'll have a different energy too because you're you know have left and come back and that'll be exciting. Yeah, and there's nothing I love more than than this. Um, than this race. And my coach was like, yeah, when you get back to Boston, you'll feel like you're running on a trampoline after, you know, two months at 10,000 feet and one month at 5,000 feet. There you so go. I'll have, I'll have six months ahead of, ahead of Boston at 5,000 feet. So that'll be, that'll be good. Oh, I'm so um, excited for you. As, uh, yeah. As, uh, as Alexis Rose says, love that journey for <laughs> you. So, <laughs> I you do love that journey for you, Jonathan. <laughs> Amazing. Um, so back back over to you. Um, <laughs> that was a good tangent. So did did you run today? Have you run yet today? I ran today. Yeah, I ran today. I had an easy run. Nice little forty minutes ahead of tomorrow's what, bigger. Uh, what got you out the door? What got me out the door? Um, Uh, other than Mr. Lucas screaming at me right now. Um, he's a good motivator. Um, no, what got me out the door? You know, I'm not going to lie. I think, and I've actually been saying this to, so I have a, a My First 5K audio program on, on RunKeeper, not to plug it, just as like, it's a thing. So um, with that, like I have a-, a That's a good plug. That's, it's a nice little plug. Um, <laughs> I don't get anything for the plug. I just think it's a cool program. And I think it's a cool program because it's really about meeting people who aren't moving and to introduce movement into their life for the first time, which I think is awesome. So anyways, with that, I have a lot of people who have been reaching out lately, have done that program and saying like, how do you stay motivated? Or like, how do I stay motivated? What, what, how do I like- you know, stay in this, you're running all the time. And I was like, you're just never always going to be motivated. Like, that's just not the thing. And so like, you have to be disciplined. And I know that's such a, like, it's such a trite quote now, but it's so true. And so for me, one, having a plan and a coach just means like, this is just the plan. I'm just, I just have to show up for it. I don't have to think about it. I don't have to find motivation for it. It just happens, right? It's in the calendar, like a meeting, like I would do for work or board this podcast or anything else. You just, you just do. And I think there's something about creating that plan and that habit. And I have a routine every morning that I'm running. It's the same routine I'm doing that. It's like, you just, you just do the next thing. You know what I mean? And when you start to put emotion into it, or do I want to do this or not want to do this? There's going to be way more days. I don't want to do it. And I don't show up for it when I take that emotion out of it. And it's just, that's just the plan. You're just completing the plan. Yes. I love that. Um, do you remember your first run? Oh my gosh. You know, I'm not going to lie. I heard you, you asked this, this is one of your questions, isn't it? I was listening. Yeah. You asked this and I was like, well, wow, I really hope he doesn't ask me that question. Um, I can't remember my first run. And I think that's probably because I just played sports growing up and there was just always runs involved, right? Running was our punishment for soccer. I mean, I've never been in better shape than I was in seventh grade middle school soccer. Our coach was amazing. And, um, so I don't, I don't remember like a specific run, but it's funny that all of my sports were based around like short running, right? It was like speed work for tennis or like power for jumping. And, um, it wasn't ever about endurance. And so I had a really hard time like transitioning to a runner as an adult because I was like naturally athletic that I thought I should be a good runner and I wasn't a good runner because you're just training an entirely different thing. So I had a really hard mental time for years 
approaching running because I was always slower and I, and I still struggle with this. I'm slower than I think I should be. So running wasn't something I was like always super excited about. And that's also probably why I started picking like goals I was chasing. But, um, I guess one distinctive run I remember probably one of my earlier runs is when I moved to Boston and I moved to Boston when I was 22 from North Carolina. And, um, I remember like Boston was such a big city when I got here, which is hysterical because it feels so like small. You could walk end to end. It feels so small now, but it felt so big and overwhelming that I was like, I don't know how I'm going to figure the city out. Like maybe if I run it, I'll be able to like explore it. I can see more than I can if I'm like walking. So I, that's how I started to enjoy running. And then, and my first run I went was like seven mile run, which was like a million miles, but I did it at like an adventure. It wasn't like a seven mile workout. It was like, I just want to go explore my new city. And so I, you know, remember bebopping all around like city hall and the North end and, um, down over like the, the gardens, which is so beautiful. And, and I made it like an adventure and that's kind of where like running became fun for me. Cause I was like, Oh, I can just see, I just get to see more if I'm running than if I'm walking or I'm in a gym or anything else. And so that's when it kind of clicked for me and it became something that was, I looked forward to. Yeah, that aspect of play is huge. I'm going through the same thing here. It's like mm. I I went on a 15 mile run last weekend, and it was just like I'm gonna go here mm. and there and here and there, and I just like, um, it's just like such a cool way to explore. Or like back in Breckenridge, like exploring the town mm-hmm. on foot. Mm-hmm. Um, it's such a like you don't think about the miles, and all of a sudden, like you've been running for two hours, right? And then it just it just passes. Right. Um, you said two, two things there that I want to go back to. The first is, um, at what point did you consider yourself a runner? I think I probably still struggle with that to be totally honest. Um, why, why do you think that is? I think it still comes back to like, I think I should be faster than I am, which I, which is so it's, I feel very annoyed that I even say that because as a coach, I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Right. I'm like, I, it's so much easier to like coach than do. Right. Cause I'm now that I'm in it. Um, like I know I'm a runner. I run, you're a runner. That's what you say, period. But I think like runner, I, I, I get to work with so many elite athletes. Um, I follow so many people that are incredibly fast that to not feel that fast makes me feel like maybe I'm not, which all that says is I'm not an elite runner, which I'm not, right? That's really the basis of it. Um, so I guess I started to consider myself more as a runner, maybe like after my first marathon where it was like, I just wanted to see if I could do it. And then it was like, oh, you can do it. You can run. You're good. But yeah, that I feel like that doubt circle within the running community, which is funny because I think it's really prevalent in the running community. Um, it's, I mean, it still just creeps up. It's hard not to. I was talking, I went on a hike with Amanda Brooks yesterday, another podcast guest, mm. and she was on a panel with um, Kara Goucher, Matt Fitzgerald, and um, one other coach, I can't, I can't remember his name, and she was like, do I belong in this group? And then she was like, wait a minute, of course I belong in this group. And so we got to talking about imposter syndrome mm-hmm. and like the fact that everybody struggles with it. Mm-hmm. And like I've done 150 episodes of this podcast and it's probably come up 20 times. And these are Olympians and professional athletes and people who have done some wildly incredible things. Um, and they struggle with it too. Um, and it's it's really interesting to see. And then the other day I saw a tweet that said, Y'all can't have, uh, it, it can't, um, it was, uh, the, the tweet was not everybody can have imposter syndrome. Some of y'all just suck at your job. <laughs> I was like, wow, that's, 
We all needed to hear that. It's like, that's balance. Yeah, that's that's a nice reality check. Oh my god, that's um, so funny. But I, I don't I don't think that's it. I think it's yes, so many people do struggle with imposter syndrome and you get people who are literally Olympic medalists saying, Am I enough? Um and it's that same it's that same validation of like I think I should be faster or mm-hmm. um or not. And and it's just fascinating to see it with amateurs, with sub elites, with elites, with professionals and people who have run faster than anybody else in the world. Totally. That's actually crazy. I didn't, I didn't know that. I was like, that's cool to hear that. I mean, it really does happen at all levels and it happens at all levels for everything, not just running. Right. But even when you've made it, you know, you've mentally maybe not fully made it. Yeah. Um, I I forget who I was talking with about this, but she was saying basically, um, I always want to do more. And mm-hmm. and part of it is like, part of it is that goal attainment of I'm not there yet, mm-hmm. but, but the, you know, once you get there, then what? Right. So it's like right. the process of getting better right. is, is the journey versus like being the best or, or doing something. Right. Um, so I think, I don't know. It's hard. I also think we live like, and I, I mean, this is also, I feel like a little bit of a trite thing, but I was like with social media and all this like digital age, it's like, it's just so easy to compare ourselves now more than ever. And we're just have so much more access to information that I didn't feel the same way. I don't feel like I had the same amount of like doubts in my physical abilities when I was in high school, when social media didn't exist as like to when I do now, because I can see I have access to so many, I mean, in Strava and you see people's times and distances and people see mine. And like, there's a whole thing where it's like running isn't just for me anymore because I've chosen to share my running journey with everyone else. So I'm opening it up to other people's opinions and criticisms and critiques or compliments or whatever that now it's not just running for me. You know, I think if I, if I maybe chose to have a slightly more private life and not share those things, I might consider myself a runner already because I wasn't choosing to ask for someone else's opinion on whether I'm a runner or not. You know what I mean? That it's almost like if I show up in a certain way and I'm like, I am a runner. And then someone's like, Oh my God, this girl runs a 13 minute mile. No, she's not. Or whatever. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, you open it up to this dialogue where I feel like I almost want to like automatically humble myself in it too. Um, in case someone comes at me from a different angle. So what if you came at it from a different angle and you were like, I'm Aaron, I'm a runner and I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want. And, you know, I'm running eight miles today. I'm running three miles today. And, and on this day I'm, you know, I'm taking my cats for a walk. (laughs) I do that now. I'm that person. (laughs) We haven't left the backyard yet, but we, we go in the backyard with our, with our leashes. (laughs) I saw someone, I saw someone walking their cat in Boulder and I was like, Oh my God, God, this is the most Boulder (laughs) thing ever. But, but that's the point. Like, yeah, you, so you, you talked about it there. Like, I could do this. Mm-hmm. And and it's always it is fascinating that like so many people have that you even said it you're like, "Oh yeah, I run. I'm a runner." Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. and there's that angle and then there's the piece of um well, if I did it this way or if I did it that like that would be enough. And right. my coach's big biggest thing is is the line like you are always enough no matter what. And so whether it's a 13 minute mile or a 30 minute mile, Mm -hmm. if you're doing it, you're doing it. Totally. Totally. I say that like 47 times in all my running coaching programs. And then I hear myself doubting myself and I'm like, what, like, what is that about? You know, we're just so harsh on ourselves and it's unfortunate. 
Oh, really? It's unfortunate. Yes. Thank um, you for so calling me out. Back on that. over to in a positive, of supportive way. <laughs> <laughs> for sure, you runner, you. <laughs> Thanks again to Beam for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. As the days start to warm up and get longer, a cool-down routine in the evening becomes even more important. Did you know that you can get a subscription to Beam's Dream Powder? It's what I use most nights before bed to help with a refreshing night's sleep. When you subscribe, you'll get the Dream Blend with a bunch of perks like even better pricing, free shipping, a free mug, and a drink frother just for signing up. Dream helps me wind down at night, and it's made with compounds like melatonin and magnesium that support a better night's sleep. Make sure to use the code FTLR at checkout for an extra 15% off the already discounted 20% off monthly rate. And now back to our conversation. Um, so, so jumping back to the social media conversation, you do have a, a pretty big platform. That's how we met, which is cool. Um, how, talk to me about your intent with social media. I've, I've appreciated how you use it. Mm. Um, and the activism and the, like the calling out of like, don't be lazy and just do this, Mm. not lazy, like inactive, but whatnot. Um, talk to me about that. Yeah. Uh, How, how, how is that? How has that evolved? Um, yeah. So I started my social media page, like many people did seven, seven or eight years ago as like a, literally a fitness accountability page. It used to be, I used to be eBayly fitness until about a year ago. And, um, and then it turned into like a coaching page and, and all those types of things. And I always was, it was really more about, I wanted to empower people. And that was what coaching was always fitness coaching for me was always like, it's amazing how much we can physically do. And then how that transcends into the rest of our lives. Right. Like, and there's just a direct correlation. So it's all coaching was ever about for me. And that's really what it, what I wanted to show up on my, on my page for and continue to challenge and push people. And, um, over the past, you know, year, probably year and a half to two years, as I moved out of coaching, it was, it was then like those other shifts. I realized like coaching was one avenue of how I chose to connect with people, um, and challenge them and challenge them to be better. But that was an avenue, right? Like the core of what I really wanted to do was be able to connect with people and, um, and, and help them and help empower them and challenge them and, and give them compassion and kindness. And, um, you know, talk about world events and and break down politics and all these other facets of who I was and how I thought we could as humans relate to each other. Um, you know, I realized there was ways I could do that side of fitness, which is really the larger caveat of what we chatted about earlier. And so that's really how I like to use my page. And that's, um, you know, kind of where the genesis of like the book came to about of my whole thing is like, I, I, community is so important. And I think we, in this day and age, like we devalue community. It's a little bit more of a buzzword, but we don't really lean into the community. We don't really know our neighbors around us, right? Um, we don't choose to interact with strangers on the street. And so I think a lot of my page and a lot of what I'm the, the kind of next phase I'm in and what I'm trying to do is is really challenge us to see each other as extensions of ourselves, right? And see each other as friends and community members and neighbors, whether it's a literal neighbor or your, you know, larger figurative neighbor, um, and 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 get people to think more of each other in that way. And that's kind of how I think these tiny moments, we have a ripple effect and that builds a larger momentum of like the community we actually want to live in, you know? So that's how I, you know, try and use social media, at least in that positive way. And and I think some of those things might feel like a nice little gentle kick in the butt for some people and maybe help them self-reflect on how they choose to show up and how they choose to shop and vote and run and lots of different types of things. And how are they really 
you know, giving back to their community and showing up for their community. Yes. Oh, well, you must have just changed your Instagram bio because I remember it being um, something around uh, talking to strangers. But now it says the community we want to live in is ours to build. Yeah. And I think I'm happy I went to go look at this. <laughs> I love that. Um, yeah. So how are you, how are you doing it? What is what is Erin's three step method of building the community she wants to live in? Well, my first thing, I love this, but, um, I actually just talked about it this morning on social is, um, another thing I like to say on social media is I, I think people should say more good mornings. And I do this thing where on my runs, most of my runs, unless it's like a really hard run or I'm trying to like really listen to my audiobook or something. Um, I say good morning to every single person I pass. And I used to do this like when I'd walk to work and things like that. But now my runs are my most time I'm out in the world. Interactive. Exactly. Um, and so I say, I greet everybody. I mean, I wave, I mean like literally everybody, right. The trash man, the homeless person, the runner in front of me, like, I mean, literally anyone I'm passing, I greet them. And in fact, if you pass me on a run and I haven't greeted you, I'm very sorry. Um, I hope you, (laughs) I hope you greet me first. Um, you, you, if you're in the middle of an 800, you have, that's the, that's probably the only time because I'm dying in the middle of this 800. I'm counting down when I'm done. Um, and I think like, that's just such a simple way. Cause it's the funny thing is, again, I think this is a little bit of like a culture, cultural thing of where you live, right? Like Boston, I think is a little more closed off than obviously like where I'm from in North Carolina and maybe where people are in, in Boulder. But, um, I find that the majority of the people are surprised. I have even acknowledged them, which I think is such a disappointment. It's such a bummer. And the good part is though, the majority of them respond unless they have their headphones in and they just can't hear me and that's fine. But they're darting the eye contact. I don't understand. Make eye contact with people. But I think the whole point of that is like, it's a simple energy exchange, right? It's like me giving you some energy, you giving me some energy back and we both feel better. And like selfishly, I feel better after that, you know, but also like we just had a human connection moment. That's all it took. It took nothing from me. It took nothing from you. And all of a sudden now I think of you as less of like, I'm, I'm painting a different story of who you are. Right. Um, and I think that's something that, you know, with a lot of the you know social justice issues we've been dealing with, a lot of it's about like, we're just afraid of what we don't know. And we build these stories around people we don't know and make all these assumptions when if we can do little things in our everyday lives that instead build connection and build on things that are, that are more in common rather than pointing out our differences, like that's, that's all it is. You know, we don't need to have these big, large gestures to, you know, have this like global change, it can be in good mornings on your run. And I like truly, truly believe that. I fucking love this so much. Um, so one of my like fondest memories, um, of fall in Boston this past, this past year was I was having a really, really shitty week and I was on my long run and I was going out down Beacon street to, cut over to Com Ave to run back up the Newton Hills. Mm -hmm. And I was getting into like a tempo section of the workout and it's raining and cold. And this dude in a, in a trash truck screams out like looking good, brother. Like, and I was like, fuck yeah, let's go. (laughs) And this is the, and that was the first, first like actual human interaction I had had in three days. Um, like face to face and we continued leapfrogging, uh, from traffic light to traffic light to turning. And he just like kept saying things mm. and I, it, it made my week. Yeah. Um, 
and it's like again like you said it didn't cost him anything it didn't cost me anything and i don't know if it changed his day but it sure as hell changed my day yeah and you're still talking about I, it like that's crazy i'm still talking you're about still it. talking yeah. about it yeah and i've talked about it on this podcast twice yeah. now <laughs> This was a defining moment in Jonathan's life. And this man has no idea, but like, that's, and that's so powerful. Yeah. And then I, I ripped the rest of the workout. Of course you did. And I was like, this is, this is, this is great. And it was just like such a little piece yeah. and I'll probably never see him again. He'll probably never know that he had this impact on me, but that's the point. It's like, right. do, do this. You never know what the impact will be on right. people. And, and say, say good morning. Um, in your, in, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was gonna say like, that's like such a perfect example of like, I think we often too, like when you enter a conversation, we're so focused on how we're getting perceived in that moment when the potential to change someone's life clearly is like so great. Like what if we leaned in? And so easy. And so easy. Exactly. Exactly. Um, in your, in your years of fitness in Boston, did you ever run into Brogan Graham? Um, I have danced around Brogan a lot, but I have never met Brogan directly, but I know, I know about him. We have a lot of mutual friends. We've like, yeah, I don't know if he knows who I am, but I, I very much admire him. So your energy is very similar. Um, Thanks. he's, he's got a few more inches on you. Yeah. But, um, kind of tall for a female though, comparatively. Yeah. Well, he's kind of tall for, <laughs> for, a, for a horse. Um, <laughs> And like what I love about him and, and you is this like this positivity and like we're going to do this and, and we're going to bring other people along and we're mm-hmm. going to like he he set a goal for himself at the beginning of February, um, which was horrible timing <laughs> of meeting a new person every day for 100 days. Wow. And then and then COVID hit. <laughs> he was like. DMing people on and, Instagram. <laughs> yeah. And he like, he, he tried to keep doing it mm. at the beginning of COVID and like meet, like talking to the, the cashier yeah. and these kind of like the mailman yeah. and, and all these like service jobs that people ignore. Mm-hmm. And it's like, those are humans mm-hmm. and, and they're there to make, like they're making your life easier. Mm-hmm. And the least you can do is acknowledge them. And so his thing is like, acknowledge the people pouring your coffee mm-hmm. and acknowledge the people standing next to you in line. Um, and I just like, I love this so much. And I think that um, the world needs more of that we were in, we were in Flagstaff and we were standing in line at a coffee shop. And another thing he loves to do is, is buy people coffee. Oh, and, and I like these people. He was, um, yeah. And so, so like there's, it was this girl from, from the college, right? right next to us or right next to, um, the coffee shop. And, and he was like, he was like, I'm married. Like, trust me, I'm not trying anything here. Like <laughs> I'm just trying to be friendly. Cause people are skeeved out when, when you do something nice for someone. Don't get me right? st- I mean, I came from the South. And so when I moved to Boston, I was holding doors open. I was saying y'all every, I had to, I honestly like had to tone it down because everyone thought I was hitting on them. And I was like, why is politeness like flirting? And no, I am not hitting on you. Like, let me just hold the door open for you. So I totally yeah. get it. Um, so the other day I was unpacking or um, I was moving in and for whatever reason, my garage door was open and the door to my house was open. And all of a sudden I hear a hello. 
from the garage. I'm upstairs. And I'm like, hello? And this guy is like, hello, did you just move in? And I was like, uh, yeah, I did. He's like, we got some boxes to take care of. And no, I'm like, we, didn't. we got what? I was like, we got what now? <laughs> He's like, you got to cut up the boxes that you put in the in the trash area. I was like, oh, I didn't, I didn't know that. I'm sorry. And I thought he was gonna like yell at me mm-hmm. for for what I mm-hmm. did. He's like, he's like, you got a knife? I was like, no, I don't have a knife. He's like, don't worry, I got four. You could have one. <gasps> oh my gosh! And cu- he's like, come with me. So he spends 20 minutes cutting boxes with Aww. me, and he's lived in Boulder for three years. Yeah. His name is Bill, and Bill. he's from the Midwest. Yep. And it's like, I told this to a friend who's from uh, Minnesota and she was like, yeah, that checks out. Mm-hmm. Like the only place you can be nicer, you know, that, that they have nicer people than here is the Midwest. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I guess the South. In parts of the um, South for sure. But it's like, yeah. but it's like these people are, are trying to be nice and like I'm conditioned to think that like they're going to get mad. Right. Right. And it's, it's wild. It's just like, yeah. do, do something nice. For totally. Us. Yeah, I was like, and similarly too, I was like, I have to be careful. Um, like as a female, I have to be careful of like situations I put myself in and, and especially, I mean, honestly, like, especially on runs and things like that, like how friend, how friendly I am, like has put me in compromising situations because I was coming out with a good intent. Some people aren't, which is the unfortunate part. But the point is like, yes, be safe and be like responsible, but like we need to be able to relate to each other on like a human level always, you know what I mean? Like that needs to be the first step. And then that's how we build connection and build community. And that's how we create the life we want to live. You know what I mean? It's very simple. I think. Very simple. Um, so switching gears a little bit, um, talking about the book, where did that idea come from? It's really not switching gears so much, is it? Um, (laughs) this is like a nice little segue actually. I know. All right, we'll we'll do that over. Not, Not switching gears. <laughs> talk to talk to me about the book. Evolution. Um, so I loved. I just love to write, and I, I I very much have like felt like I had a book in me for a few years now, and I've gone over a couple ideas, and um, was working on one, and then actually had the book sent to me. I was like, oh, someone else wrote the book I was going to write. So, anyways, I actually got this opportunity, and this I haven't fully shared publicly before. Um, but I, I got an opportunity through Lululemon to go through this, um, this kind of six week boot camp with 20 other incredible humans that are community builders in their own right, um, across the country. And, and as a part of that, we got, um, we got a grant and the, the goal was for them to like reinvest into community builders and other areas. And the, the only, the only kind of parameters with it were like, what would you do if like money wasn't an option? Like, what are you not doing? You know? And I, and like, we want to help support that. And so, um, for me, it was like this, this book, you know, like, and there's, there's to go into the publishing thing as a whole other venture. Um, and I just didn't want to do it that way. So anyways, I got a grant through Lululemon to like write this book and the book I wanted to write, um, was really a book to help people like get into this framework that you and I literally just went over. Right. And I think part of it too is, you know, we go through so many of these daily motions of our life and we don't choose to stop and reflect and like, how did that make me feel? What happened? Am I showing up as the human I want to be? Am I continuing to grow into the human I want to become? Like, am I proud of who I am? You know, it's all these things. And so part of that came from, um, when the pandemic hit, I started, you know, I journal a lot, just kind of work through my emotions. And, um, I realized a lot of people also maybe could benefit from that, but don't know where to start. So I started this thing called the daily writing dose, which is 
Monday through Friday, it's a free newsletter I send out with just a journaling prompt. And it kind of took on a life of its own and has some legs. And I still sent it out a year later, which is really fun. So the, the I'll put a link in the show. Oh, notes. perfect. The daily writing. <laughs> um, so the, the book I'm writing is, is kind of an evolution of that, but it's, it's a little more programmatic in that um, it kind of gets people to think about like, are they really the human that they want to be? And are they showing up in the way they want to show up? So it's a, it'll be um, kind of a year long journal that people can take themselves through um, and hopefully launching at the end of the year. So stay tuned. Was that scary to commit to? Oh my God, it was so scary. It was so scary. This is actually, to get into it, this is the second, the original book I had gotten the grant for, I've tabled because it's actually a real community book, but I needed a community in person to be able to write it. So that book has been sidebarred. So this is my second idea book. So this will be the first book that comes out, which is great because it's really more of a journal than a book. Um, and then the second one will be a book book, but it was so scary that, um, a month ago I went down, I love documentaries on Netflix. Like I've watched most of them and I was watching this documentary on, um, on immigration in our country and got very heated about all the immigration issues, which you don't need to go into. And I literally that night almost donated all the money I'd gotten to um, this nonprofit that helps with immigration reform. And I, I had to stop myself because I had, I had this whole imposter syndrome self-talk, right? The resistance, as I like to call it, um, that was like, this money could be going towards something else. This money could be making a bigger impact, right? Like your book is feeding your own ego. And, and I had to stop and realize like, one, it's very much my imposter syndrome resistance, whatever you want to call it speaking. And two, like if I do this in the way I think I have the ability to do it, this could be pretty powerful. And this could change the way people live. Think about themselves. Yeah. And then, and yeah. then act and then do, and then it's a, it's just a, you know, it's a ripple effect. So not to put too much pressure on myself, but it could potentially have a really big impact. <laughs> just a, just a little, little bit. bit. So then I had to like announce it on social media that I was like, I'm writing a book because I was like, I need to put it in the world so that like I do it. And that's where we're going back to the thing we talked about in the beginning with the race goals. Like that's what I do. I have to like make a proclamation in order to get some accountability a little bit, but it works for me. So, so Shalane Flanagan posted on Instagram and asked, sorry. So so Inside Tracker posted something from Shalane Flanagan and asked, what is your favorite um, training tip or tip from Shalane? And my answer to that question was um, big, scary goals and bring others along for the mm. ride. Yeah. So that's the piece that that resonates that like you're doing this, but you're not doing it in a silo and you're not doing it solo. And you're inspiring other people to like set these big, scary goals. Like mm-hmm. I could choose to not share my 249 goal, but I have people literally DMing me like, thanks for, you know, posting your goals. Like, here's what I want to yeah. do. And like, that's the point. Yeah. Like who gives a shit if I run 249 or 251 or 401? Right. Um, it doesn't matter. Right. The The part that matters is, did you do something challenging, challenge yourself and inspire others to to set their own bar higher. Mm-hmm. And so by being so public about what you're doing, you're doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I love that. I think that the – yeah, and then another piece sort of related to what you were saying is 
Uh, a couple episodes ago, I was talking with Joe Holder, and <sighs> Joe has Joe a platform. He's incredible. He incredible. Um, he's got a. He is. He's got a platform of I don't know, one hundred fifty thousand people on Instagram. And I asked him about that. He's like, I don't care. Like, if I help one person, mm-hmm. that's that's impactful for me. Mm-hmm. That's I've done my job. And so I reflected on um, a line in the Holocaust Museum that is. Um, save one world, save a world entire. Mm. So it's the idea that if you if you help one person, it's an entire world. Yeah. And to them, it's everything. Yeah. And so what you're saying is like, if one person reads your book and it changes their life, you've changed an entire world. Mm. Now imagine tens and dozens and hundreds of people, thousands of people. Um, and I think that I think that anytime that imposter syndrome or like, what am I doing? Like I, like I post a, a fucking run every single day right. on Instagram. Like I post about a run. It's so insignificant. <laughs> it's so meaningless in the grand scheme of things. And I, I so often ask, like, why do I do this? And why do I care? But other people mm-hmm. care. And, and it brings other people mm-hmm. along to try and do their own mm-hmm. thing. Um, and so I think that anytime we're in that, like, why am I doing this? It gets back to like, if you help one person, it was worth yeah. it. I have two things down that. One, I am just going to save that nice little clip of that pep talk you have and replay it to myself whenever my resistance comes back to greet me because that was lovely, Jonathan. Um, and two, I when I actually started writing the book, I, I the first thing I did was I wrote rules for myself. And there are rules that I, I bring up every time I start writing again because it's that same idea of to remind myself, it's not about, it's not about me right? What I'm, it's what I'm trying to do. It's the impact I'm trying to make. And I need to put, like, remember that, not remember that's my ego speaking and that doesn't help anybody. Right. And then the other thing I did with those rules is I changed my background. Oh, we're not doing video. I changed my background on my phone. You can see it. It says be a vessel. Oh, I love and that. I, I, that's my reminder of like, again, coming back to the idea of like, it's just not about me. Like that's, that's like a waste of time. If I'm thinking about myself like too often, like that doesn't help but I don't have any like that. I, I hate that. I made a face. I hate that idea. But it's about like how what are, how are your words? How are your actions? Like what are you doing to help other people? And what's that inspiring? And just like your runs, right? I have certain pages I go to if I do need motivation in the morning or if I need like a little something. And I was like, yours is one of them, right? Like yours is one of them I go to because I know consistency is like how you show up and that's inspiring to me, you know? And so it's it's so true where it's like, it's not about, not about you. You're going to run regardless if you post it or not. But it's like, what what is that? inspire what's that ripple effect that could that could happen i love that um i'm i'm gonna reference a conversation i've referenced like i don't know 20 times now on the podcast um the last conversation i ever had with my grandfather was about the meaning of life Mm. and he told me that the the he's figured it out and that the goal of living is to leave the world a better place Mm. than when you came into it and if at the end of the day that's what you've done your life is a success yeah. and oh, I love that. that's all that you can aspire to be. hundred mm-hmm. percent. I love that. I love that. Go grandpa. I think that if go grandpa, he's listening right now. Um, I think that if, if that's your North star, like you can't go wrong, yeah. right? It's yeah. like, as long as that's what is your guiding principle, whether it's through a book or showing consistency or like showing up for yourself so that other, you can show up for other mm-hmm. people. 
um, I think that that's, that's success. Yeah. I think the second thing on there, I totally agree. The other thing too, is like, I think sometimes we get in our own heads and people say this all the time of like, why do I need to go start a podcast? Why do I need to write a book? Why do I start this Instagram page? Like so-and-so's already done it. So-and-so's already said it. And it's like, sure. A hundred percent. There's, there's, there's no way there's new ideas right now. That's just, everything's been said. Everything's been done 10 times over. Right. But like, however you're choosing to do it and you're choosing to show up and you're choosing to tell your story or impact other people, like that's the differentiator. Like that's the unique perspective. And that voice is important. And that voice is always going to be important. And so that's why like, we just have to show up and live in our fully expressed selves to give people permission to be able to do the same. Totally. Um, what, what does success mean to you? Can I take your grandpa's quote? Sure. Um, cause I love that. Um, I think, I think I, right now I would think about it two ways. I think one, if I'm constantly learning every day, um, and, and challenging myself in that learning. Right. So whether it's a physical challenge, a mental challenge, emotional challenge, like constantly continuing to grow, I think is really important. Um, and that feels like success to me. And, um, and then the second thing would kind of be like what we just talked about is like, it has to be about other people. It just can't be about myself. If I'm thinking about myself too much, like I'm failing, right. It's like, what, what am I doing to, to learn about somebody else to help somebody else? So, I mean, that could be just to make my life not about not about me, you know? And, um, I love to read and that's like one way my, my learning about other people's stories, reading, um, Gloria Steinem's book right now, which is phenomenal. Um, right. And that's how I can learn and show up better. If it's, you know, physically helping somebody, physically helping a neighbor, um, connecting with somebody and how can help, how can I help, you know, them chase their dreams or their, them chase their goals. Um, I think those are probably the two main things, right. Continuing to grow and challenge myself and then, and then, you know, continuing to learn about, other people and, you know, learn the way other people like to live their lives and support them. Very cool. Well, I could go for hours on this conversation, yeah, um, this has been but fun. we'll have to save it for, we'll have to save it for a, a, an in-person run or hike out here in Colorado or somewhere. I'm booking my ticket ASAP on my way. Do well, it Did up. you see Red Rocks? There Red we go. Rocks is opening? I didn't see Red that. Red Rocks is doing limited capacity and that's going to be my trip back out. Nice. Um, and the seating is pretty spacious out there. Perfect. Anyways. Anyways, so we digress. That's great. Cool. Um, Aaron, uh, thank you so much for taking the time to chat. If we want to follow along with you and your journey of book writing, running, uh, all the above, uh, where can we find you on the interwebs? The interwebs. Uh, mostly Instagram, Bailey is pretty much the only platform I like to hang out on. So let's hang out there. Cool. And Red Rocks. And Red Rocks. Sounds great. <laughs> I love it. Jonathan, this right, was so thanks. fun. That's it for today's episode. Like many long runs, it's sad when it has to end. I hope you join in next time on For the Long Run. And in the meantime, happy trails. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean a lot to me if you shared it so that others can find it and enjoy it too. 